We all have paradigms and roadblocks that prevent us from excelling, and they can be real or imagined. Welcome to Beyond Bricks, a podcast that will give you the ability to break through those walls. Here's Dr. Nathan Unruh. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this conversation. I'm excited to have a conversation with somebody who's meant a lot to me. Uh, it's been uh, my pastor to start with, friend, and a mentor. I'm with Pastor Keith, and uh, Keith's taught me a lot about a lot of things, leadership being one of them. And so I'm excited to have this conversation with you, and I know there'll be a lot of wisdom and things that come out of it. So first off, Keith, just tell tell the listeners who you are, where you grew up, how you got to where you are today. Well, I, first of all, I appreciate this, Nate. Yeah. Um, those are humbling words. I don't even know how to respond to them. Um, uh, born in Michigan, but raised in Nebraska. Uh, I spent first five years of my life in, in Michigan, but my parents, uh, my dad took a church in Nebraska, and so I grew up in the plains of Nebraska, and being a pastor's kid all over Nebraska. And so, uh, uh, but it was in the northern area that I think my life changed. Uh, when I was a sophomore in high school, my dad felt a need for a change as a youth pastor. And uh, he hired a, a gentleman that really changed my life. His name was Clyde Teal. And and I still I still reflect back to him. Here I'm 57 years old, and I still think about Clyde uh, quite often, because in three years, uh, being a pastor's kid, I couldn't qualify it. But I was a lonely kid. Um, I I did well at sports. I did well at education, but never understood why I was really never involved in anything. I was never asked to really be a part of anything by my peers, and I didn't understand that. So I found myself going to the church quite a bit because there was this guy named Clyde that made me feel like I mattered. Mm. And, uh, you know, um, that, that was significant in my life. You know, I, I always wonder where I'd be today if Clyde didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And in, in that, that statement there, I think, is significant because we don't realize in the moments of our life the incredible impact we're making in people's lives. Mm -hmm. I don't think Clyde, uh, I think he really loved what he did. Mm -hmm. I don't think he was thinking about me as a, an individual 30, 40 years from now. If he was, he never hinted of that. Right. He just made me feel like I mattered. Right. And so I, I literally lived at the church mm -hmm. um, and just hung out with him. And I, I, when I graduated from high school, I just remember saying, I want to be like Clyde. Mm. I just want to be like Clyde. Mm -hmm. I, I want to do what he did to me to other people. Mm -hmm. And I think when I moved to Texas after high school and started my college years, I never forgot that. In fact, still to this day, which is very interesting, is I have a file in my file cabinet of every sermon that, that Clyde taught uh, from my youth group. Still have a hold of them. Hang, hang on to them, go back, read them. And so those things were, I mean, that was significant to me. And it has a lot to do with why I'm doing what I'm, I'm doing today. You know, people ask me, did I feel like a call to ministry? And again, I don't know if I understood that it was a call from God. I just wanted to do what Clyde did. I just literally wanted to, um, you know, reflect him and reproduce him in the world, uh, which I think is a key thing since we're talking about leadership, mm -hmm. because I think leadership should be reproducible mm -hmm. or we shouldn't be doing it at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, if others can't do it, we probably shouldn't be doing it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, uh, that made such an impact in my life. And really, that's how it all began. Uh, when I went to college, my dad asked me if I wanted to help with his youth group. And I began to work with his kids, and I just never stopped 
I, I've been in I've been in the ministry ever since. Yeah. So let's fast forward. You you moved to Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. We're twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. And you started a church called Celebrate. Correct. Talk to us about Celebrate for a moment. Well, that was in 1999. I moved here May of, of 99. And so it's hard for me to believe that, you know, you know how long my wife and I have been here, 24 mm-hmm. years this May. Um, and it's a quick trip. But when I moved here, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I, I really thought all my life I would be a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved what Clyde did, what he did to me. And I love young people. Uh, but our denomination asked if I'd plant a church. And that would be a long story. But I kind of, by the hand of God, I was able to kind of move through some hoops that I didn't have to really move through, if that makes any sense at all, because they require a lot of their church pastors. I'm so glad I didn't have to go through all of those things, because I probably wouldn't be here. Um, But began a church, didn't have a clue what I was doing, but I knew from the beginning um, I wanted to impact people. I I don't even think I was really thinking about building a church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trying to have a congregation like a lot of people think when they think typical church. I just wanted to, I wanted to reach people that churches weren't reaching. And I don't say that with any indictment against the church, mm-hmm. but my dad told me when I moved to Sioux Falls, he said, listen, God was there before you get there <laughs> and God will be there after you leave. Mm-hmm. So don't think that somehow when you move to Sioux Falls, uh, all of heaven's thrilled as if finally the solution has arrived. God's been working in this city. Mm-hmm. Your job is to come in, figure out how God can use you, mm-hmm. and you can partner with that mm-hmm. and, and make Him look good. Mm-hmm. So when we moved here, I wasn't thinking about uh, anything but who's not going to church, and maybe we could be a part of the other churches in town and help reach them. Mm-hmm. And so we just came here and started loving on people, and here we are you know, almost 24 years later, and it's been a great journey, really, mm-hmm. truly. I mean, there's definitely been lows, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. I love what I do. Yeah, and one part of your story that I, I love too is what's happened because of you coming to Sioux Falls, starting Celebrate, and now look at the number of communities mm. that been able to grow up people that want to go and do the same thing in another community. Correct. So in your journey, I mean, you've had an opportunity to meet a lot of great leaders, read about a lot of great leaders, help raise up a number of great leaders, what are some key attributes that you would say that great leaders have? Well, if it's okay, I want to touch on that. I, I, I wasn't even thinking that until you brought it up. There's so much word about church planning, and I think it's one of those attributes that I kind of hinted on a moment ago, and that's the reproducible you know, aspects. And, and it hit me how many people in this church, we'd done something that they wanted to, as I wanted to be like Clyde, they wanted to do what I do. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I get a chance to speak to a lot of church planners, and I'm, I'm kind of burned out with them talking about how hard church ministry is. Yeah. To me, it'd be like marriage. Who'd want to get married if all you talked about is how bad it was and how hard it was? And, and our denomination talks about, you know, it's hard to get church planners. Well, because we make it sound like it's so horrible. I love what I do. I mean, there's definitely, def- you know, you've been around me. There's definitely been moments that have been difficult. Mm-hmm. That's part of life, right? Yeah. Life just has difficulty to it. Marriage has difficulty mm-hmm. to it. I wouldn't trade being married to my wife. I wouldn't trade being a dad, even though being a dad's difficult. Mm-hmm. I love it. There's more reward mm-hmm. than there is risk, right. if I could say that. And 
one of the things that I've been really humbled by is I think that there's a lot of people that have seen something in me that they're like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. As I saw in Clyde, they want to do what I do. And it's really been awesome that we've done something here that it's been replicated. It's been multiplied. And there's a lot of communities in that. So I'd say the first attribute, I don't know if there's an order to it, but one of the first attributes is that I think in leadership that I've learned from others is if it can't be reproduced, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to be doing stuff I don't. I think is simple, mm-hmm. you know, and that other people stop and go, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fun, right? Mm-hmm. When, when other people see in me something and say, I can do that. Yeah. That's, that's an awesome thing. Right. And so, but I, w- I would tell you that probably some of the greatest attributes, the, the word I struggle with is leadership. Mm-hmm. I struggle with that. Because in, in the context of our country in this generation, too often I hear uh, it, it, it can tend to be a position. Mm-hmm. Um, and mostly it's a top position. It's one with affluence. It's one with, with um, I think influence is important. But I sometimes think it goes, leadership can be more about what I aspire to Mm -hmm. than what I should be doing in helping others aspire. Mm. And so for me, some of the important attributes is is vulnerability, Mm -hmm. brokenness, Mm -hmm. uh, humility. Mm -hmm. Um, I think servanthood is probably to me the biggest one Mm -hmm. that I'd rather talk about servanthood as leadership rather than leadership as servanthood, if Mm. that makes sense. Yeah, it's brilliant. So yeah. I've been really working hard trying to figure out how do I really wash people's feet? Mm-hmm. How, do I, how do I learn to move into the shadows mm-hmm. and, and let them mm-hmm. be the ones that are aspiring? Mm-hmm. Let, them ones, let, let them get the applause. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's been something I, I hope that you see mm-hmm. that we've been doing on the weekends here of raising up this next generation and, and letting them lead, mm-hmm. letting them preach, letting them do the teaching. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it brings me the greatest joy. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, I want to pull a few part, things apart. I've been around you a long time. And one of the things that you said there, especially the reproducibility part, you've done a, an amazing job with your team at Celebrate and Celebrate being my home church. Real clear about what we're, where we're going mm-hmm. and who we're about. Correct. So the clear vision of meet Jesus mm-hmm. and the clear mission of be Jesus. Well, be Jesus is reproducible if we listen and follow and be obedient. Correct. Right? Correct. And then just the, the, a lot of the values, and I know some things have changed over the years, but I, things I remember the most is the welcome, the worship, and the word. Yeah. Yeah. And how those things, uh, from your leadership, even I remember that now and I don't have a script in front of me. Yeah. Right? And I think good leadership does that. It creates and casts that vision. That's the simplicity piece, mm-hmm. and th- which makes it the memorable piece. Right. You yeah. know, we, we, our tendencies want to make it complicated. Yeah. But I think the, the longer that I lead, the more I'm more adverse about it. it's got to be simple. Mm-hmm. Got to keep it simple. In fact, what's interesting to your listeners, you are actually the first one here in Sioux Falls when God uh, changed our vision to meet Jesus, you were the first one to hear it. Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah, we were sitting together and yeah. we were talking and you went, man, that's simple. I love that. Oh, I just remember that. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, just. I love it. There you I go. I love it. Okay, so you've always, I'm going to transition a bit here, is that 
You've already mentioned Clyde. Mm-hmm. And as I'm sitting here listening about Clyde, I got to meet Clyde. I've known you a long time. I haven't met Clyde yet. So you got to introduce me to Clyde. Yeah, I'd be honored. I'd be honored. <laughs> but so just seeing the impact he had on your life, who are some other people that have been, that either that you knew, that have helped you, you've read about? Who are some people that have really helped you? Uh, you know, Dr. Joanne Lyon mm-hmm. is probably one of the most significant. Mm-hmm. You know, here's a gal that's been to 88 different countries. She's been invited to uh, the Oval Office by multiple presidents. Um, just last week, she was in the White House. She is uh, over and over invited back. The circles that she is in is absolutely amazing. I mean, you talk about a person that can name drop. Mm-hmm. And yet, what's amazing about her that I want to replicate my life is that she can be with Tony Blair, mm-hmm. you know, when he was the Prime Minister of Britain. Um, she can be with him and his name come out of her mouth. And within five minutes, she gives you the name of a, a single mother who's in the in Africa somewhere, and she can tell you about the name of that little baby. She's a person that truly values everybody the same. Mm. She she's not one that finds herself uh, trying to name drop mm-hmm. uh, for the for the impression, mm-hmm. but she she loves all people and she mm-hmm. doesn't forget that name. Mm. They're just as significant to her as mm-hmm. someone that would be, you know, to us like a Michael Jordan or mm-hmm. a Tom Cruise or somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, she finds such love and joy. And, and, I, and what I've learned in that is I always wondered, how can people do that? And she said it to me once. She said, you know, you remember what you serve. Mm-hmm. You forget when you use people to serve you. Mm. So a great attribute. I mean, when you mentioned servanthood. Yeah, she's, she's a great minded. example of servanthood. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. It's, Not at all. It's how do I serve? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to give you your next one because I know you're probably mentioning it anyway, but he's been impactful in my life. It's your dad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, my dad, you know, here's, here's my dad. He's 84 years old. Yeah. And he's working on his doctorate. Yeah. You know, two years ago, mm-hmm. 82 years old, he calls me up mm-hmm. and says, uh, uh, I got to keep learning. Mm hmm. 82 years old. And he mm-hmm. says, I got to keep learning. Mm-hmm. And he said, son, what do you think about um, if uh, I start my doctorate? Mm-hmm. And I, I remember saying, dad, you have to. Yeah. I mean, I, was, I, I never thought, well, you're too old. Right. Because my dad has always said, leaders are learners. Mm-hmm. We hear that. But I wonder how many actually ascribe to that. Mm-hmm. They position themselves uh, where they're always learning. And so here I'm 57. Um, and uh, I'm getting ready to do another master's mm-hmm. um, and, because I have to be in a place where I'm always being poured into. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't just resign myself to reading certain books and that because I'm not careful. There's a selfishness in that. Sure. I read what I like. But to be in a classroom, I'm going to hear some things I don't like. Right. But, uh, but I'm invested. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my dad uh, has just always modeled that. Always be a learner. Always be a learner. And to, mm-hmm. to set with him even now, he was mm-hmm. just here a few weeks ago, it's priceless. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely priceless. So definitely, yeah, my dad. You know, there's there's a host of others. I mean, um, you've been a part of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, Nate? Uh, and I don't, I don't just say that because we're, we're on camera here and we're talking to an audience. Uh, you've been a part of my life. You know, as you talk about me influencing you, you've influenced me. Mm-hmm. There's things that you, because you're a leader, 
And there's things you're learning and leaders impart that knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so being with you, things that you've said of like, okay, that's gold. Mm -hmm. And you write it down uh, and you just thank God for that. And so I've been blessed with multiple of that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you you know, but I would say this. One of the things that, that I've been really working hard on is that how many people... We, we say it all the time, everybody's a leader. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and true leaders can learn from everyone. Mm-hmm. And so I've really been trying to be a better listener, which I think mm-hmm. is the greatest attribute of a leader. I think, I think that, you know, people always ask me, what are, what are I think your, a question you asked me one time was, what can leaders who are listening learn? Mm-hmm. And I would flip that around and say, if you want to be a leader, you learn to listen. Mm-hmm. Because something is always being said. Mm-hmm. You go, ooh, ooh, mm-hmm. that was good. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and I, as you say that, I think that's, I, and I don't want the listeners to miss the, what he just said there. We can learn something from anybody. Oh, yes. But we have to take the time to listen and observe. Mm-hmm. There's people all around us that are teaching us lessons. All the time. You said one time, and this just took me back to you as you're talking, that, you know, one of the ways that I always, you've impressed in me is that always start your day in, in the Word and pray. But you remember one time you said to me, Nathan, you ever thought about, like, we always think of prayer as just you pray, say, dear Lord, amen. But how about dear Lord when the sun rises? Yeah. And when your head hits the pillow, amen. Mm-hmm. And be observant of all the things going on. Yeah, I think, I think prayer is a posture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and when I say that, not always a physical posture, but I think it's a, it's a mental posture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, jokingly, I would say this. I mean, if, if when you moment, I mean, you better be a person of prayer if you get behind the wheel of a car, especially in this town. Um, <laughs> it just, it, there's a lot of truth to that, yeah, right? There is a lot of truth. But, but I, I, I'm in an attitude of prayers and even as we're having this conversation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be very attentive. What am I saying? Do I really believe what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't want to. It's the goal of a leader is to impart knowledge, mm-hmm. because you know we we say this when we plant churches. We're not planting churches. We're planting people. Mm. You're going to reproduce who you are. So we can sit here and you know play a game, mm-hmm. and but vulnerability is one of those other attributes, and so mm-hmm. and that's part of my prayer life. Is I'm sitting here right now, I'm very attentive, very aware of the fact that God is, we're talking here, I want to please Him first. Mm-hmm. That's a posture of prayer. Mm. That God, give me the right words and give me mm-hmm. the true words, mm-hmm. the authentic words. Right. I mean, we can, we can make ourselves sound really great. Use all the buzzwords, right? But God knows. <laughs> yeah, God yeah, knows. Yeah. Right. You know, right, like right, you need right. to start your day in the morning. He's yeah. like, well, maybe you should yeah, start, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So. Okay, so I'm in transition. So, routine. You know, I get a chance to talk to a lot of people and people that I would consider great leaders. And I do see that they have a routine. Mm -hmm. Not all the routines are the same, but there is a routine there, whether they even realize it's a routine. So talk to me about your routine. So when we start talking routine, I think that, you know, there, there are demands that happen in our lives, right? That some nights might go later than other nights. Mm -hmm. And so I don't get up at, a specific time always. What I do is I get up making sure that regardless of what the night was before, I cannot go through a day without first and foremost spending time with God. That, that's, just, that's just not an option. I, I say this all the time to people that if, if they say, I just didn't have time. 
And I said, I want you to think about that statement. So whatever you did today was more important than spending time. Like, like the world couldn't function without you, <laughs> even though you couldn't spend time with the one who created the world and gave you the time mm -hmm. in a world that couldn't function without you. Mm -hmm. um, and so I always start, it doesn't matter where I'm at, what time it is. Uh, if, if I've got an early breakfast, then I have to get up that much more earlier mm -hmm. that I always spend time. Uh, and, and in that routine is always spend time in the scriptures first. And uh, I always have a book because it's really important. Leaders are learners. Mm -hmm. So I'm always in a variety of books. I mean, that could be a whole nother subject, but I, I'm always in a variety of books of what I can learn, what I can do, how can it apply to me, mm -hmm. things that are always expanding my mind. Mm -hmm. I try to make sure there's a variety in it that they're different. So when I finish a book, the next book is going to be a completely different mm -hmm. type of direction for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I spend time in a book, uh, and then there's always that just that time of prayer, time of conversation with God. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, to me, first and foremost. Before I even get to a point of working out or anything like that, I have to start with my spirit before I get to my flesh. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I think the morning routine is a big deal. I know if I don't do it, it just yeah. sidetracks me. And then, and then my days always, I, it's filled with all kinds of things. I'm very, uh, I always have likened my life to my time management to three balls that I juggle. Mm -hmm. And that's first and foremost, the person, my routine always starts with me. The first and for, foremost person in my life is me. Mm -hmm. I know when people hear that, mm -hmm. they think that seems odd and arrogant, mm -hmm. but it's not. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. So I have to make sure that I take care of myself. Mm -hmm. A battery can't put out what it does not have. Mm -hmm. So I start with me, uh, and uh, I, I made a vow in my relationship with God. So that always starts with me here. Mm -hmm. And then uh, uh, when I look at my weekly schedule and my time, uh, then I, I made a vow at an altar with a gal named Kay, mm -hmm. and that's my partner. Um, I made a vow with God when our children were born, and that's that I'm a parent, mm -hmm. and then I'm a pastor. And I always try to keep them in that order mm -hmm. and, and make sure that my time is also, there's plenty of margin mm -hmm. because life always has a way of interrupting. And that's the truth. So, yes. yeah. So awesome stuff. So the people listen a lot of times, you know, Keith will be, I don't really see myself as a leader hmm. or I want to be a better leader. Where do I, where do I start? What advice would you give them? Well, you and I are always on the same page in this one. Everybody is a leader. Absolutely. It saddens me. But again, I think that because of some things that have been taught, mm -hmm. leadership seems to be an audacious, I mean, a very scary thing. Mm -hmm. Because we, we ascribe to leaders certain mm -hmm. people's names. And I, I think we need to stop doing that. Everybody's a leader. Mm -hmm. And you need to start in the very sphere in which you live and the people that God put around you. Mm -hmm. Everybody's a leader. We're all making an impact. Mm -hmm. Or we're all making uh, for the good or making an impact for the bad. Right. We are. Yeah. Uh, everybody has a job. There's people around you. Mm -hmm. um, you're a leader. Mm -hmm. you, you get to decide if I'm going to choose to make a difference in this environment for mm -hmm. the good mm -hmm. or for the bad. Mm -hmm. Your life has influence. God made yeah. us that way. Right. Everybody has influence. Yeah. Just how do you, you know, how are you using it? How are you fostering it? And so... Everybody's a leader. And so I always say the best place to start is the place that God put you, mm. you know, uh, in your marriage, in your home, among your friends. What kind of legacy are you leaving? And, and that's a big word for me. I think, I think every day we need to be thinking about what are we leaving behind? Mm -hmm. And so um, 
I think I've said this to you before, you know, the two most important days in everybody's life is the day they're born and the day they figure out why, because everybody yeah. has a purpose. Yeah. And God wants to use it for the good. Time of good stuff. So what, what I want you to hear there and, and really reflect on is that very last statement. Just recognize you're a leader. Yeah. yeah. Start there. And as you then listen to all the things that Keith said and, and the attributes of a leader, servanthood, brokenness, vulnerability, humility, how can we start to incorporate those attributes into our own lives? Correct. Absolutely. So thanks for this time. Thanks for all you've done for me. Appreciate this conversation. I appreciate you. Thank you. You, you, you can find more thoughts on how to move beyond bricks at drnathanunruh.com.